All right, Rabbi say good morning. Let us begin today's daf, beautiful daf ahead of us today, beginning by thanking our sponsor, Sammy and Malka Esterson, as our Tamatora sponsors for the month of Kislev, for dedicating all the Shurim and Drashos this month in memory of their parents, Yitzchak, Leib, Ben Aaron, Akoin, Sara, Rachel, Bas, Barach, Avram, and Hinda, Bas, Henech, Ephraim. We hope the merit of our Tamatora, the Neshamos, Havin, Aliyah, and the family, Enechama. We thank our week of learning sponsors, Paul and Kathy Pollock, for dedicating all of the Shi'urim and Drushas this week in memory of Paul's aunt, Esther Pollock, Esther Bas Zecharia, whose yard site is the 29th of Kisle today. We also thank our day of learning sponsor, Akiva Wexelbaum, in memory of Hannah Bas Rabnaftali. We hope that in the merit of our Tamatora, the Neshabal Havan Aliyah, and the family in Chama. We thank our ongoing Dafyomi sponsors for the Nesosov Rafu Shalema, Faruchama Aviva, Bas Shenachana, as well as for Rachel Yehudis, Bas Tova Gitl. We hope that in the merit of our Tamatora, Kol Cholay Yisrael have a complete and enduring Rafua. And Rabosi, with that, let us begin. So today's daf, beautiful daf out of us today. Today's daf is Chav Dalit 24. We are picking up Emir Tzashem on Chav Gimel Ahmed Beis 23b. And we're picking up at the period. Um, it's about uh, 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, about 16 lines up from the bottom. So remember again, we are still going to spend a good part of today focused on the Machlokis, Chizkiya, and Rabbi Avo. Namely, that Halacha Lamaisa, when you see an Isir Achiva in the Torah, what does that Isir Achiva mean? Remember again, Chizkiya says, under normal circumstances, an Isir Achiva means just that. An Isra Chiva and no more. Therefore, again, by Chomets, when there is a protracted form, a prolonged form of the Isra Chiva, which is written, Lo Ye Achel, that's which teaches, that is what teaches us, that elongated form is what teaches us the Isra Hano as well as the Isra Chiva. But under normal circumstances, an Isra Chiva just means a prohibition to eat. Rabbi Avao, on the other hand, explains that Halacha Lamaisa, any time, any time that you go ahead and you see an Isra Chiva, Isra Achila, by definition, automatically includes an Isra Hana, unless, of course, what? Unless, of course, you are told to the contrary. So unless, of course, Halach Lema one is told that, like, like you see by Nevela, that Hana is permitted, we assume that every Isra Achila automatically includes an Isra Hana. So we'll say, so let's go weiter. So the says as follows. So Yosef Hahumir Abana Kamed Rabbi Shmuel Bar Nachmani. So those are the particular Tamid Chacham who was sitting in front of Rabbi Shmuel Bar Nachmani. Yosef Hakamishlit Rabbi Yoshua Ben Levi, and he was saying over the following ruling in the name of Rabbi Yoshua Ben Levi. Minayin lekoli certain Shabbat Torah dechihehi da asurin b'achil the hakanami asurin b'ana. How do you know that in general? Any time that there is an Isra Achila that also includes an Isra Hana. So the Gemara says, and what is he referring to? So where does he know, for example, in things like Chamez on Pesach, Shorhan Niskal, how do you know that Halacha Lemaise, the Isra Achila, also includes an Isra Hana? Minayin. So I don't understand. What do you mean? Where do you know it from? You know it from Lo Yachel. That's what the Pasuk says. Lo Yachel. So this is actually very interesting. So according to this approach, according to this approach, Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi said, you know, is there somewhere else that I learned this out from? Right? Is there potentially somewhere else where this could be derived? Because after all, again, as much as you're learning something from, from Lo Ye Achel, Lo Ye Achel still is Lashon of Achila. Well, this is very interesting because now we're taking a little bit of a turn. What Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi is saying is, is there another source for this concept that an Isra Achila also includes an Isra Hanel. 
Ah, you're going to say, oh, I need another source. We already have a source. Lo ye'achel. Because most remember again, what's the beauty of lo ye'achel? What's the beauty? The beauty is everyone agrees with it. Remember again, if you're Rabbi Avo, lo ye'achel automatically includes Hanah because every Israel includes an Israel. And even according to Chizkiah, the fact that the Israel is phrased in a prolonged or protracted form indicates us that it includes an Israel. So everyone is in agreement that Halach Lamaisa, we have an Israel. So why do you need another source? To which the Gemara says, because I'd like to know an Israel, not from an Israel. To which the Gemara says, Why don't you go ahead and learn it out from the Vela? Abbas says, Remember, what does he need to learn out from the Vela? The Vela is an example of an Israel that clearly doesn't include an Israhana. But from that I can learn that every other Stam unqualified Israel by definition does include an Israhana. So look at it. So remember again, he says, No, 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 the Vela is necessary according to Rabbi Huda, because Rabbi Huda teaches us that which means that what? to go ahead and give us a specific order for the disposal of Nevela. Namely, that Nevela has to be disposed of either how? By selling it to the Ger, excuse me, by giving it to the Ger, selling it to the Nachri. If he learns out that Nevela, it teaches us the Din, like we saw in the name of Rabbi Huda, then why not learn out the Isra Achila, excuse me, the Isra Hana, from where Rabbi Huda learns it out, from namely, again, La Kelav Tashlichon also, Mila Kelav Tashlichon also, because he holds that the prohibition to go ahead and give chulin shnishchitu ba'azara, right? Which means, again, an unconsecrated animal that was shechted inside of the confines of the base of Mikdash, the prohibition to give that to your dog is in fact da'oraisa. And he learns that out. Also, what can you throw to the dogs? Basar basada treifa. You can give the treifa to your dogs. What can't you give to your dogs? So because of that, again, he needs that positive teaching it differently. Therefore, again, so again, just to keep focused, Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi is coming along and trying to say, from where do I learn that every Israhila is also an Israhana? For a variety of different reasons, he does not want to lose it. He does not want to learn it from any of the aforementioned sources. So where can I learn it from? Dixiv, well, this is very interesting. So we'll say, so the Pasuk in its entirety over here is, we'll say, we're talking about over here, we're talking about, um, actually take a look at Rashi. It's Rashi in the third line, fourth line from the bottom. So we're not talking about over here, we're not talking about a chatos who's supposed to have a blood application inside of the Beis HaMikdash. Rather, again, skip a little bit. interesting If you have a chatos whose blood was supposed to be only applied outside, when I say outside, meaning on the Mizbeach, on the outer Mizbeach, and you go, you come along and you apply that blood on the inner Mizbeach. What's the halacha? The halacha is the carbon is puzzle. The carbon is puzzle. And the Torah says, Ba'ish tisaref. The halacha is you have to go ahead. Lo se'achel. You cannot eat it, meaning you being the Kohen. The Kohen cannot eat it. Ba'ish tisaref. Rather, again, this chatos is, burn, is, is burnt in the fire. So we'll say, Two halachas being learned over here. If you, if you inappropriately applied the blood of an outer chatos inside of the Beis HaMikdash, 
two halachas. Halacha number one is ultimately, again, it cannot be eaten, lo ye'achel. Halacha number two, ba'ish tisaref. The carbon must be burned. Now watch this. This is very exciting. So the Gemara says, Shein ta'ala ba'ish tisaref. The Torah doesn't have to tell me ba'ish tisaref. We don't need that phrase. Well, we'll, you'll, we'll see why in just a moment. But I don't need to be told that an invalid carbon is burnt in the fire. So therefore, why does the Torah say ba'ish tisaref? To which the Gemara says, So say, why don't I need, why don't I need a Pasuk? Again, we'll say a very specific case. I have a chatas, like a general chatas. We'll say the only chatas whose blood is implied, applied in the interior of the base of Eitosh is the, is the, is the Yom Kippur Avoda, right? But otherwise, a stam chatas, a regular chatas, the blood is applied on the Mizbeach on the outer Mizbeach. Tarna tells me that if I apply the blood inside, what's the halacha? Two halachas. Number one, lo yachel, the chatas can't be eaten. Halacha number two, ba'ish tisarev. I don't need the Pasek to tell me ba'ish tisarev. I don't need the Pasek to tell me that ultimately, again, the karban, the invalid chatas has to be burned. Why? I already learned that. I already learned that. Say, where did I learn that from? Dixiv v'hinei soraf. Because the said, the Pasek said, now what is this talking about? Say, watch this. Rashi says, incredible, incredible. By the Chanukah right? By the Chanukah So ultimately, again, the pasuk says, the translation of the base Amikdosh of the Mishkan. Remember again, this was after the death of Nadav and Aviu. So ultimately, again, Moshe saw that Aaron and his remaining sons had burnt the seed, burnt the chatos of Nachshon, and he asked them, "Hey, Moshe Rabbeinu didn't understand why they burned the chatas. I will say, remember again, why did they burn the chatas? Remember Rashi, why did they burn the chatas? Because they were in a state of aninos. Remember again, because Nadav and Avihu had just died. So because that they burned the chatas. Moshe Rabbeinu comes, he sees that the seir of Nachshon, the chatas of Nachshon, Nachshon ben Aminadav, was burned. Moshe Rabbeinu says, why did you burn it? Hein lohuva dama bakodesh. I know that you didn't accidentally sprinkle the blood in the interior of the Beis HaMikdash, of the Mishkan, which tells us what? That blood of an Evachatos that is not supposed to be sprinkled inside of the Mikdash and is done, so you burn it. So we'll say, therefore, again, let's connect this all together. Therefore, Halacha Lemaisa, when the Torah tells me, when the Torah tells me, that any blood of a chatas that's inappropriately applied inside of the Beis HaMikdash, the Torah doesn't have to tell me that it has to be burned. The carbon has to be burned. Why? I already learned that in Parashat Shemini. I already learned that halacha from the dedication of the Mishkan. So why is there a need ultimately again to state it again? So we'll say, therefore, what do we say? Then we'll say again, if I don't need it for this particular subject, then let me apply it to something else. Top of Chavdalid. I don't need that to teach me that I can't go ahead and eat the chatos whose blood has been misapplied. Why not? Because the Pasik also explicitly says, Lo ye achel. Then we'll say, ultimately, again, use it for an Isser Hana. So we'll say, see, see what's happening over here? This is very exciting. So remember, again, keep track of what's happening over here. I'm sure the lady's coming along and saying, 
Where else can we learn? Where else can we learn that an Israhila also means an Israhana? Where, where, where else can we learn that from? What else can we learn it from? Why can't you just learn it out from where Chizkiel is learning it out from? Lo Yachel, right? Or for Rabbi Avo, Lo Socha, Lo Yocha, Lo Socha, Lo Yochlu. Because Rabbi Yeshua Ben Levi says, you know what? I'd like to learn it out from a source that doesn't talk about Achila. Is there a source that could convey this halacha that doesn't discuss Achila? The Gemara says, okay, fine. This is Rabbi Yeshua Ben Levi. I'd like to make a suggestion. There's a Pasuk that talks about the blood of a chatos, which was accidentally intentional, doesn't really matter. But it, it was applied inside of the Beis HaMikdash and the inner Mizbeach when that should not have happened. What happens to the chatos? So the Torah says two things. Number one, ba'ish tisareif. Number one, you have to burn the chatos. And lo ye'achel. It cannot be consumed by the Kohanim. So let's analyze this. Says the Gemara, why does the Torah have to tell me ba'ish yisareif, that the chatos has to be burned? I already know that a chatos whose blood application is flawed has to be burned. Where do I learn that out from? Parshashmini, dedication of the Mishkan, the Seir of Nachshon ben Aminadav. Moshe Rabbeinu sees that it was burned and he says, why did you burn it? After all, again, its blood was not misapplied in the interior of the Mishkan, which tells us that blood of a chatos that is misapplied in the interior of the Mikdash ultimately again is burned. So therefore, again, what does, what, what does Be'ish Tisrev teach me? Can't teach me ultimately again. Okay, so therefore, and if I don't need it by chatos, apply it to other things. And if I don't need it ultimately again to teach me in Israhila, because Israhila stated explicitly in the Pasuk that what? Then ultimately again, learn it, teach, use it to teach me an Israhana. And therefore, we'll say from Ba'ish Tisarev by chatos, I'm going to learn that any item that is not permitted for consumption automatically becomes prohibited bahana as well. Pretty incredible. But if that's the case again, I will say then I should say it's just like a chatos, which is asr ba'achila, asr ba'ana is burned. So to everything else that is asr ba'achila and asr ba'ana should be burned as well. Amakra ba'kodesh ba'ish tizareif. Pasik says, Bakodesh, something that is Kodesh, shall be burned in the fire. Darshan, Bakodesh Bisrefa, the Inkali Surah Ultimately, again, it's only Kodesh that becomes Asr Ba'na, which is burned. But other items, ultimately, again, when they become Asr Ba'na, need not be burned. I have a high Bakodesh Ba'ishti Shev Lahudasa. So, Rabbi Shabbat is this true? That this Bakodesh Ba'ishti Shev comes to teach me that anytime there's an Isra Hila, there's also an Isra Hana. So the Gemara says, I need this Ba'ish Tisarev to teach Rabbi Shimon. What does Rabbi Shimon say? This sound, Rabbi Shimon, Omer, Ba'kodesh Ba'ish Tisarev, Limit Al-Khatas, Shesarfen Osa Ba'kodesh. So ultimately, again, Rabbi Shimon taught me that this teacher will say that where do you dispose of an invalid Khatas? You have to dispose of it ultimately again, Ba'kodesh. In the Azara, Rabbi says, "Look at Rashi, Limel Achatos Psula Shesrefasa Bakodesh Baazara Dimevehine Soraf Lo Hava Sham Inan Makom Shefasanecha." So I'll say the Gemara says, "One second, this Baish Tisarif is not free for Drasha, right? It's not unused. It's used for a very important ruling, namely that if you have to go ahead and burn an invalid Chatos, where do you burn it? 
Bakodesh Tisaref, right? Bakodesh Tisaref. You have to go ahead and burn it in the Azar. You can't just burn it anywhere. You have to burn it in the courtyard of the base. I only know this particular halo, this particular carbon. How do I know that the truth is any invalid sacrificial item has to be burnt in the Azara? Therefore, the Pasik says anything that is Kodesh, ultimately, again, should be burnt in the Kodesh, right? Anything that is invalid is burnt in the Kodesh, burnt in the Azara. So, so therefore, it turns out that Rabbi Yoshua's attempted limud to teach us that every Israhila also means an Israhana, that he tried to go ahead and bring from Chatos, didn't really work out. Because it turns out that the phrase that he wanted to go ahead and use this for, Ba'ish Tisarev, actually teaches me a different halacha, namely that any invalid sacrificial item is burnt, and specifically burnt in the Azara, burnt within the precincts, the confines of the Beis HaMikdash itself. Good. So, Amrli Rabbi Yonasan said, Rabcha, your Rebbe, right? Your Rebbe, ultimately, again, the Gemara says, your Rebbe, Rashi says, Amrli, Hahumi Rabbana Rabbi Shulam Bar Nachmani, the Akshide Haikushya. So, again, this, uh, this Rabbi Yonasan ultimately said to Rabbi Shulam Bar Nachmani, your Rebbe Mehaikra Kamrli actually learned out this halacha from a different source. What's the source of what say? The Pasik says, V'im yivaser mi b'sar ha-miluim u'min ha-lechem ad ha-boker v'sarafta es ha-nosar ba'ish lo ye'achel ki kodeshu. So halach l'may say, if you go ahead and you leave over from the from the meat of the offerings of the miluim, so then halach l'may say again, or from the bread until the morning, what's going to happen? Lo ye'achel, it should not be eaten. But kikodeshu, ultimately again, because it is consecrated. So the Gemara says, what's going on over here? So we'll say, take a look. All right, we'll catch the rashes after this. The Gemara says as follows. The Pasik doesn't have to say, you don't have to, you can't eat it. Because we'll say, after all, again, once you say that halacha lamaisa is supposed to be burned, there is no need to go ahead and say it can't be eaten. Obviously, if you have to burn it, you can't consume it. If that's the case, then why does it say lo yachel? If you don't need it for the actual Israhila, for this leftover sacrificial item, because the Pasuk says you shall burn the leftovers in the fire. Then ultimately, again, use it for Shari Surin to teach me what? Well, let's see. And if I don't need it to generate an Israhila, then ultimately, again, use it to teach a principle, which is any time in the Torah you find an Israhila, Israhila also automatically means Israhadna. So I'll say, but if that's the case, I would say, just like over here, just like over here, it is a din in Israhadna that where there's an Israhadna, you have to burn the item. So to again, all Israhadna Torah should be Israhadna. Armakra, to which the pastor comes to address that, Visarafta Sanosar. You shall burn the nosar. Nosar b'sheifa. We'll say it's only carbonic matter that falls under the category of a nosar, of nosar, which is leftover sacrificial items. Only nosar has to be burned. Ve'in kol yisurin shabatora b'sheifa. But we'll say other yisurin do not have to be burnt through shreifa, or do not have to be burnt. I v'hai lo yachel asa. But does this lo yachel come to teach me this halacha? After all, again, hai mi boyle lechidatani lechid rabbi elazar. I need this Rabbi Lazar, what Rabbi Dabra Rabbi Lazar, Lo, so Pasik says, Lo ye achel ki kodeshu, kol sheva kodesh, pasal. 
anything that is Kodesh of Osei, once it becomes leftover past its prescribed time, is going to be puzzle. Not only is it Aser, but it's puzzle. What is that? What's the ramification of that? So Torah comes to give an additional prohibition on the consumption of any sacrificial item left over past its permitted time. Okay, so therefore, say, once again, our attempt to prove that an Isra Achila also means an Isra Hana from an alternate source has not worked out. Amr Abaye, the Olam Mikra Kama. Abaye says no. In fact, again, the fact that an Isra Achila ultimately, again, also means an Isra Hana is going to be learned out from the original Pasuk that we mentioned. Rashi says, Mikra Kama, the Cholchatos, so we'll say, is going back to the original Pasuk quoted by Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi, right? That Pasuk ultimately, again, by the Chatos, right? By the Chatos, uh, the Lashen, the, the Pasuk of... That's what we're out from. The Gemara says, now watch this. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Let the Pasuk just say, remember again, this is the Chatas whose blood was misapplied in the interior of the Mikdash. So let the Pasuk just go ahead and say, and you don't have to say, which also makes sense. Obviously, if you, if you have to burn something in the fire, it means you're not allowed to eat it. Why does the Pasuk say it can't be consumed? If I don't need to teach me Israel, as we said before, ultimately like Rabbi Elazar, then use that Lose Achel for the rest of the Isurin Shabbatora. And I will say, if I don't need it to generate an Israel by other items in the Torah, because again, generally, when something is prohibited for consumption, the Torah explicitly says that. Ultimately, again, use it to generate an Israel. So, therefore, I will say, what Rabbi is suggesting now is going back to the Palestinian of Shabbat Levi, namely by the Chatos, whose blood was misapplied in the interior of the Mikdash. The Torah says, lo So, obviously, if it tells me about Ishti Saref, I have to burn in the fire, I know that I can't eat it. If that's the case, again, that I can't eat it, that lo is extra. But what am I doing with that lo I'm using it to teach me. That halacha lamaisa, any time something is aser ba'achilo, it is also aser ba'no. I makan srifa afkol yisur and shevat torah b'shevat. But if that's the case, then why don't you say just like by the chatas with the misapplied dam? So so too again, the way you have to dispose of it is through srifa. So too, any time something is aser ba'no, you have to dispose of it with srifa. Amar Kra Hanosar. The pasuk says Nosar Hanosar b'Shreifa ve'in kol Yisur and Shavat Torah b'Shreifa. It's only Nosar and other like items, sacrificial items that ultimately again have to be disposed of through Shreifa. But ultimately again, other Isurin in the Torah do not require Shreifa. Amar Li Rapapa La Abaye ve'ima liachudi leilav legufehu daasa. I so Rapapa says that Abaye, but maybe again this phrase is coming to go ahead and put forward. An additional love to which the Gemara says the e mid Rabbi Elazar in lokin alav shabech lavos because also when you're going to Rabbi Elazar the problem is it gives a more specific love right of lo yi achel because otherwise again we have what's we have what's called the love shabech lavos love shabech lavos also means 
like a general love. A general love. So maybe, again, according to Rav you would not be able to give Malkus based on a general love. Therefore, the Torah comes along and gives you Lo Yachel, which is a more specific love focused on this case of the Chatos with the misapplied dam. So I will say, so once again, kind of knocking a hole, or what is it, knocking a hole, creating a hole in the argument ultimately of Abayi. Rav says, no. We're going to learn out the fact that every Isra Chiva has an Isra Anah from here. V'habasra asher yiga b'chol Lo yiachel ba'ish yisarev. So I'll say the pasuk says, "Sagavishal meat that comes in contact with anything that is tummy, lo yiachel should not be consumed ba'ish yisarev. It should be burned in the fire." So it says the Gemara, "Shein tamulomar lo yiachel." So I'll say now. Remember again, it's a good kasha. Once the Torah tells me ba'ish yisarev, then what? Then what? I don't need what lo yiachel. Right? We'll say, logically, if you tell me that I have to destroy the item in the fire, it means I can't eat it. So you're telling me now that a piece of sacrificial meat that came in contact with something that is tummy must be burned in the fire. Once you tell me that it has to be burned in the fire, I know that I can't eat it. So what does the lo yiachel come to teach me? Why do I need that lo yiachel? If I don't need it to teach you the actual isra by the sacrificial meat which she comes to me, because once I can learn that out, I can learn out the fact that sacrificial meat which becomes tummy is aser ba'achila, and I can learn that out from Maiser Sheni. Uma Maiser Hakal Amra Torah Lo Bi'arti Mimenu B'Tamei. Right by Maiser, I both say Maiser Sheni, which is considered to be one of the most lenient forms of consecrated property, and yet what do I say? Lo Bi'arti Mimenu B'Tamei. I never ate of it when I was tummy. That's part of Vidui Maiser, part of the confession of Maiser. I never consumed it in a state of tumah. Basar Kodesh, Chamer Lakoshkin, Abosai. If I can't eat Maiser Sheni in a state of tumah, then what? Then what? It goes without saying that Halachala Maisa, I can't go ahead and consume. I can't consume uh, sacrificial meat in a state of tumah. So therefore, Abosai, why do I need Lo Yachel? Ultimately, again, by the case of sacrificial meat. So you will say, oh, one second. You can't go ahead and administer a punishment based on a kavachomer. So therefore, again, I need, I need sacrificial meat to have its own limud. To which the Gemara says, In reality, again, this is not simply... This is not simply a kavachomer, but rather, again, this is a hekish. This is a comparison. So we'll say, why does it say you can't eat it? So we'll say, ultimately, again, if the Torah itself is giving me an isra'achila by these relatively, by, by these relatively Cool, mickledick things, right? These lenient things. Then it goes without saying that halachalamais again. There's going to be an israchila by sacrificial meat. So why don't the loya chel by the sacrificial meat which becomes tamei? So maybe loya chel by the sacrificial meat which becomes tamei is not there to teach me an israchila, but rather what is it there to teach me an israhana? Therefore, we'll say, he's coming to teach you that halacha whenever there is an israchila, israchila always generates an israhana. Well, if that's the case, if the source for this halacha is going to be sacrificial meat, which becomes tamay, then what? Then halacha I should say, just as sacrificial meat, which is asr ba'achila, and asr ba'ana, has to be burned, so to any item that is asr ba'achila and asr ba'ana has to be burned. 
Amrikra Hanosar, Hanosar Besreifa, Vein Kali Suran Shebatora Besreifa. Ultimately, again, it's only Nosar and other like sacrificial items that have to be burned. Other items, even if they are both Asr Bachila and Bana, do not necessarily have to be burned. So we'll say, watch this. So we'll say, so all of this is based on the fact that the Torah tells me by sacrificial meat, which becomes Tameh, so we'll say, on a very basic level, once you're telling me you have to burn it, obviously I can't eat it. Obviously I can't eat it. And furthermore, we also see that even consecrated items of much lower sanctity, once they become Tameh, you can't eat it. So I don't need an Israchil over here. So therefore, essentially what the Gemara is saying is, Halach Lamaisa, it must be that the Israchil here is not an Israchil, but rather what? It's an Israchana. So I, why does the Torah, so we'll what's the Kasha? What's the Kasha? If it's an Isr Hana'ah, why would the Torah phrase an Isr Hana'ah as an Isr Achila? Why would you phrase a prohibition on benefit as a prohibition on consumption? And what's the answer? To teach me a principle. And what's the principle? What's the principle? Every time the Torah espouses an Isr Achila, by definition, it also includes what? An Isr Hana'ah. That, that, that's, that's the argument. That's the argument. To which the Gemara says, I don't know, maybe, we'll say maybe not. Maybe what the Torah is coming to do over here when it says, by, by tainted sacrificial meat, is to tell you that if you eat sacrificial meat which became Tameh, maybe you're in violation of two prohibitions, two lavim. We'll say, what are the two lavim? Right, what are the two lavim? Number one, lo yachel, and number two, ba'eshi saref. Right, that again, I'm, I'm supposed to burn it, and also again, is, is an israhano. So, may, or, 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 or even, let's leave aside israhano, that I'm not supposed to eat it, I'm supposed to burn it. And therefore, if I go ahead and I consume it, maybe I have violated two lavim. So maybe again, the extra lo yachel is not coming to teach me a principle vis-a-vis all of the Isurim of a Torah, but it's just coming to teach you that if I eat sacrificial meat, which has become Tameh, I violated two lavim. After all, we have this concept. For example, I will say, just there are concepts like this in Halacha where one act of consumption could generate many prohibitions. If you eat a potisa, as she says, it's sheretz hamayim. Is a sheret, a creepy crawly thing that lives in the water. So halacha if you eat, if you consume a sheret hamayim, then halacha again, you, you have violated four isurim. Rashi goes through the various isurim. Similarly, again, if you go out and you eat in a mala, an ant, loki chamesh, ultimately, again, you are in violation of five laden. Five laden, we'll say, that's why, again, you know, people, it's very, the, the whole notion of checking vegetables. For bugs, it's not just the chumrah. It's a very, it's a very important halacha because, again, you know, it's one thing if a person's going to commit navera and get something out of it, but to go ahead and commit an avera and multiple averas and get mamish nothing out of it, it's not. It's it's totally counterintuitive. So I'll say, so the amount of averas that are the number of lavin associated with the consumption of shratzim. I'll say a person eats one sheretz. And by definition, they go ahead and, cons- and they violate 
multiple lavim. Multiple lavim. That's what's happening over here. That's again the din of bedigas talaim. The, the, the halacha really of making sure that vegetables, especially leafy vegetables, are free from insects is an incredibly important halacha. Baruch we live in a time where, thank God, one could, you know, one could secure such produce, albeit for a little bit of a heightened price, but, but, but nevertheless, relatively easily. It's, it's not a commercial, by the way. I just want to, I just want to point out. But, say, but, but, but no, but, but it really is, but it really is incre- incredibly important because, again, people think it's a chumrah. It's not a chumrah. It's not a chumrah at all. It's a halacha. And it's one of those very few things where one simple act could result in multiple lavim totally unnecessarily. So the Gemara therefore says, Nemala, Lokechamish, a person eats one ant and they're in violation of five prohibitions. Again, Rashi goes through all the different lavim. We don't have to get into it right now. Amit Beis, Sira, person eats a hornet, Lokeshesh. Six different lavim. So both say the only reason the Gemara is bringing this down is because you see that halacha lamaisa, one act of consumption could result in multiple lavim. So maybe when the Torah says lo achel, when the Torah says lo achel by by baser by sacrificial meat which became tame, maybe the Torah is coming to give an additional lav on the achila and telling you that if you eat it, you're in violation of two lavim. It's also a very interesting idea. In general, when we see what appears to be a, rep, a, a repetitious love, a repetitive love, if we could find a different meaning for it, we would rather do that. In other words, it's only after we don't find another limud for the love that will go ahead and will say, oh, the Torah wants you to be in violation, or the Torah is making you in violation of two lavim. But whenever possible to go ahead and find an alternate use for the love, that we definitely do. Therefore, again, when given the choice between saying that lo yachel means that if you eat tainted sacrificial meat, you're in violation of two lavim, versus saying no lo yachel, which is extra, is coming to teach you that every time the Torah says an israchil, it also means an israna, we'd rather go with the second rather than the first because that's a novel new limud. It's only when there's an inability to go ahead and provide a novel new limud that we will say that the Torah is just coming to make you in violation of to love him. Incredible. To listen to this. So the Pasik that says, the Pasik says, So remember again, meat, same, same Pasik, meat, sacrificial meat, that comes in contact with anything that is tameh, it should not be eaten, right? It should be burned in the fire. Now both say, the end of the Pasik says, and any meat which is ritually pure, can be consumed. So also now watch this. So we'll say, what, what, what do I need? Look at Rashi. So we'll say, why do I need, why do I need this first part of the Pasuk? What does that come to teach me? The rabbis eat simulavona. Ultimately, it comes to teach you. I'll say this is actually very interesting. We actually saw this on Shabbos that Eitzim and Levona both are not. Um, it's the Shabbos we need last Shabbos at the beginning of Rabbi Chelina's No, we saw in Rabbi Chelina's that Eitzim and Levona both say that that literally wood and frankincense, which are both inedible items, halacha are subject to the halachos of tumah. Now, what's the novelty in that? 
The novelty in that is that even though they are inedible, they're still going to be subject to Tumah. We'll say, how could inedible objects become subject to Tumah? And what's the answer? Chibas Kodesh Machshert. And we saw this concept that because something that is Kodesh is more sensitive to, to, to Tuma. So the Gemara says about Basr, Kaltar, Yochal, Basr, the Sefer Lamali. Also, I don't need the Basr at the end of that Pasik that says that Basr that is star can be consumed. And we'll say, why is that phrase necessary at all? Lerabos Imurin. Bose is coming to go ahead and Halacha Lamaisa, teach me about sacrificial limbs, the leftover limbs, that if Halacha Lamaisa, again, I ate the limbs in a state of Tuma, I will be chayiv. Imurin Behasanafka. But we'll say, but Imurin learned that from elsewhere at the Sanyo. The post of the Pasik says that a person will go ahead. Literally, If a person goes ahead and eats sacrificial items and he's tummy, he gets karis. So I will say that Pasik comes to include even sacrificial limbs, to which the Gemara says, Two different types of tumma. Both say that Pasik we just quoted is talking about. If a person himself is Tomei and he consumes sacrificial items, he's Chayef Kares. The Pasuk that we quoted before, the end, the end of the first Pasuk, which is Abbas Ratar Yochal Basar, is coming to exclude if the Imurin are Tomeian. If the meat is Tomei and ultimately a person consumes it, then Halach said that is a lot. Both an interesting distinction. If the individual is Tomei and he consumes ritually pure sacrificial meat, the prohibition is Kares. If a person, if, if a person is Tahar and consumes sacrificial meat, which is tameh, that is a lav. That is a lav. On Rabbi Yehavah, on Rabbi Yochanan. Here we go, say, another interesting derivation in this halacha. So listen to this. Kol Yisurin Shabbat. Rabbi say, remember again, I want to point out, this is Rabbi Avo again. Keep track of the sheet is here. Rabbi Avo kicked off this sugya, right? Because Rabbi Avo said that any time you find an Israel lo yocha, lo socha, lo sochlu, lo yoklu, it always means what? It always means Isser Hano as well. So now Rabbi Abba is being Mosif. Watch this. It's really quite amazing. I'm Rabbi Abba, I'm Rabbi Yochanan. Kol Yisur and Shabbat Torah, Ein lokin alein ela derech achilasan. It's really quite fascinating halacha. Anytime that there is an Isser Achila in the Torah, anytime there's a prohibition to eat something, you are only chayiv if you consumed it in a normal fashion. Rashi says, Ela derech achilasan, ela imkin achlan, if you consume something in a normal fashion, that is the only time ultimately again that there is an iser. To which the Gemara says, "My Amr of Sin Barah." So some, some the Gemara, El Drachelasan, my Amr of Sin Barah. Shu the Miute Shim Achal Chelav Chai Shepater. So Sin Barah. So what does this come to exclude? If a person eats raw chelav, person eats raw chelav. So I'll say, you go ahead and eat, now again, how do you normally consume chalev cooked? Everyone knows that, you know? So I'll say, so again, if you ate raw chalev, then ultimately again, you're putter. Why are you putter? Because although you consumed a prohibited item, you consumed it shalom kiderach achilas. And I will say, by the way, we're going to see that in general, this is a part of This comes up all the time in Hilchos Brachas. Right? You're also only chayv to make a bracha or, or call the normative bracha if you consume an item in the normal fashion. So therefore, going to be Avo says that if you go ahead and you consume something that is asr, in an abnormal way, you are not chayv. You consume rach elav, you're not chayv. Ike da'amri, what's an alternate version of this? I'm Rabbi Avo, I'm Rabbi Yochanan. In lokin alein ela derech hana asan. So we'll listen to this. In this ikad amri, Rabbi Avo is actually making a little bit more of an expansive statement. Then in general, 
Whenever you have an Isser, you're only in violation of that Isser if you benefit in the normative form of Hana. Right? So I'll say, so again, the particular Isser in the Torah, you've only violated the Isser if you've enjoyed that Isser, quote unquote, enjoyed that Isser in a normative fashion. Let me ute mai. What does this come to exclude? The Gemara says, so I'll say, for example, remember Shar Niskal, ox killed someone, therefore condemned to die. You took the Chelev, you took the Chelev, and I'll say, remember again, what we heard from Shar Niskal, from the pause, from the phrase of Ubal Hashar Naki, we had this a few days ago. Ubal Hashar Naki means the whole thing is Asrbanah. The whole thing is Asrbanah. So what did I do? Right, Ruvain Shar was, was, was killed. Or, again, it could be my shar also. I go ahead, I take the chilev, I put the chilev on a wound. Because I, I, I read, you know, I, I saw that the chilev has curative powers. So I went ahead and I put the chilev on my wound. Then I both say, what's the halacha over there? Shupater. Ultimately, again, a person is potter. I both say, why is a person potter? Because halacha lamaisa, halacha lamaisa, that's not the normal derech hana of chilev. If you look at Rashi, Rashi is chilev. This is very interesting. Actually, what was Chelev normally used for? Chelev was used to go ahead and smear on hides. Very interesting. That's, that was the use for Chelev. But to put a piece of Chelev, put a piece of Salah Chelev on a wound, that's non-normative benefit. Shabbi Avahu says you're not chayiv for non-normative benefit. The Choshekein, Ochel Chelev Chay Shupatra. Balsai goes without saying that if you consume raw Chelev, that is certainly considered to be non-normative benefit as well. So I'll say, this is very important. So remember again, what this Ikeda Amri did was as follows. We begin by saying, Rabbi Avoh holds, anytime you eat an, something that is usr in an abnormal fashion, not chayif. The Ikeda Amri expands it. It's not just consumption. Anytime you benefit, right, you get hana from a davar ha-usr, something that is usr in a non-normative fashion, you're not chayyeh for that hana. You take chayyeh from a shernisko, you put it on your wound, that's not a normal benefit. You consume chayyeh, chay, raw chayyeh, that's not normal benefit. And therefore, again, you will be patr. I'm also saying, of course, patr still means what? Patr still means what? So, you know, it's, it, it, I mean, to borrow from Hilcho Shabbos, patr avalos, you know, obviously not supposed to do it, not supposed to do it, but halochah, the man again, if you did it, ultimately, again, there is no chayyeh associated with it. Itmar nami, amr of acha, Itmar nami, Amrav Achabar Avio, Amrav Asi, Amrav Yochanan, Hiniah Chelev, Shoshar Niskal, Gabi Makasa, Pater. If a person went and take, took Chelev, Avashar Niskal, and placed it on his wound, for apparently, again, his perceived, its perceived curative powers, what's the halacha? One is Pater. Why is one Pater? The Fisha Kolisur and Shevatora, in Lokin Alein Eladarach Hanasa. Because we'll say in general, again, when it comes to, when it comes to Isurim in the Torah, you are only chayiv if you benefit in a normative fashion. We also learn this. Listen to this. So listen to this. Arla, fruit of the tree for the first three years is going to be prohibited. So look what the Brisa says. Or Mishnah says, you don't get Malchus. Well, so let's say again, I have fruit of Arla. You don't get Malchus. You don't get Malchus for Arla consumption except for the juices which come out of grapes and olives. So if you drink those, if you drink those, then you'll be chayyeh for consumption of Arla. Yet, interestingly, also yet, if, you, if let's say again, you have juice from berries, from figs, from pomegranates, the consumption of those juices is considered to be non 
normative benefit. So we saw this by Hilcho Shabbos, by Lachos of Schita by Shabbos. Namely, again, that in the eyes of Chazal, only the juices from olives and grapes are significant. The juices from everything else is not. Therefore, again, if I drink the juices of olives or of grapes, I'm going to be chayif. I'm going to be chayif for all the consumption. But if I go ahead and drink the juices that come out of any of these other items, I'm not chayif. My time, what's the reason? It must be because, again, drinking the juice from pomegranates, from figs, or from other berries is considered to be non-normative benefit. So one second. Only that by Bishlama Iashmin and Pri Gufa to the local Achilay Derachana also sharpier. So Sabai says, no, no, that's actually not a good proof. See, if you would have phrased the case as actual consumption of the fruit, and if you would have shown that, for example, let's say, for argument's sake, consumption of one fruit, you're for Arla, consumption of a different fruit, you're not Chayef, then I could have said ultimately again that this is Shaloki Derachana Asan. But once you get into juices, Juices is a different discussion. The Gemara says, do you know why you're not chayiv for, for, for consuming Arla? If you drink the juices of a pomegranate, a figure of berries, that's for a different reason. To which the Gemara says, that's reason says, the Gemara says, uh, Both say the difference is that when you have juices that emanate ultimately again from anything other than grapes and olives, that juice is considered to be zeh. Both say zeh literally means sweat. In other words, those juices are considered to be totally insignificant. So when you go ahead and you drink the juices that come out of olives, you come out of grapes, that's significant. And therefore, again, you're high for all the consumption. But if halacha lemaisi, you drink the juices that come out of any of these other fruits, you're not chayiv. But it's not that you're not chayiv because of non-normative consumption. You're not chayiv because that act of consumption is not even considered to be an act of consumption. Because the juices that comes out of those items, those other fruits, ultimately in the eyes of halacha, is considered to be insignificant. It has absolutely no weight to it. And therefore, again, it's not all the consumption. I will say, we'll pick up with this sugya. Tomorrow, this sugya will say of, of, of non-normative hana, non-normative consumption is actually quite fascinating. We'll continue a bit more in Amir Tashem. We'll see the halacha la and there is the machlokis in Chizki and Rabbi Abba'u as well. Shkoyach.